0: teacher in the course psychology 3717. It's a course I teach here at Algoma University in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and that's for the winter term of 2023. Um, I'm Dave Brodbeck, the instructor. Uh, if you get something out of it, great, especially if you're one of my students. If you don't, if you're one of my students, you should maybe listen more, ask some questions, come to office hours. If you're not one of my students, not really my concern. Um, but if you don't understand it, that's probably on you because as if you're, you know, unless you're one of my students, but it's on you because I'm really good at this seriously.
1: But anyway, hope you enjoy it. Fear in the morning. A
0: warning. So today, we'll talk about memory development. Um, and this is uh, well, let's. I don't know, let's impress, it's a depending on So when you think of developmental questions, you typically think of kids, right? We think developmental psychology. You don't think about old people. That they're part of it, by the way. But you don't think about. Aging, you think developmental psychology stops, uh now you're twelve and you move on. So I mean because you know when you think about child development is something a lot of people go into psychology because they wanna I wanna work kids. So we tend to think of kids when we think of development, but you know, development isn't just about children. It's about lifespan changes, like changes through lifespan. So there's change, and I know we also have a lifespan development course that's like 2007, it's the other part of the development. So your memory changes throughout your life, just like all your other psychological trends. You now, yeah, more or less everything changes as you age. And aging starts when you're born. So I mean, I'm not saying necessarily you're old, but no matter what your age is, Uh, so we're gonna talk about kids we're also gonna talk about people like us people like you people like me and people older now because that's all still developmental psychology and we're talking here about really cognitive development okay and development doesn't always mean improvement right development also can mean just it just means change so sometimes, and you can probably guess this, uh, your memory doesn't really get better as you get old, the rule. Some things get better and we'll talk about that. Okay. So even at birth, you can remember a lot of different things. Now, you don't remember now, of course you do. If you think you do, you don't let's go with that um but even newborn babies can learn and remember new things now one of the first things you will be able to recognize is your mother's voice for sure recognize your mother unless unless your mom didn't speak so if your mom's deaf and, and doesn't speak you wouldn't remember your mother's voice but if your mom spoke you were able to recognize your mom's voice as you came out i have a friend uh, who does work with infants? With, with memory work? we used to oftentimes talk about how he and i had similar interests just because we're both working with non-verbal animals he's working with babies i was working with pigeons but it, it's not that different because you have to be really kind of extra clever and we figured we were extra clever the design experiments memory experiments about things that can't tell you what they remember verbally so My friend George Tarabalzi, What George does is he has like twelve year, twelve, twelve day old, twelve sorry, twelve hour old babies. So women sign a consent form before they have the baby, and he gets the kid as soon as everything's fine. And he plays the mother's voice versus another woman's voice, father's voice versus another another guy's voice, and it turns out that the reaction uh, is different. The mother and father's voice There is to the stranger's it Typically involves more staring at because you know babies can't do a lot. When they first come out, they're losers, right? Babies suck, they can't do anything. So what they do suck, it's one of the few things they can do. Um, like a baby moves his right arm, that means its right leg moves. Like no, seriously, like <laughs> the whole body for the first three or four weeks, they can't move their limbs independently move their right arm, the right leg moves. But they'll show more of a reaction to the mother's and father's voices than they do to the stranger's voices. So they've re- learned the voice and remembered it. So it shouldn't surprise you. Babies will stare longer at face-like stimuli than non-face-like stimuli. You're saying, what the hell's a face-like stimulus, Dave? Well, typically it's something like this. Literally, that's in three dots. Two eyes and a mouth. The cool thing is if you show them this, that's the thing that's the difference. So it's either two dots on top or two dots in the bottom. For those of you who are just listening to this because you didn't come to class because you're slackers. And I give before you guys showed up that you guys didn't come before I started recording, they all got 10 bonus points. The one on the right, they don't look at. And again, this is, the beauty of this is, this is cross-cultural. This doesn't depend on your language you speak, the color of your skin, the, the god you worship, or the, or the fact that you don't think there's a god. This is cross-cultural. I love results like this that just are because we're all the same, we're humans. Same species. One more mammal that's more inbred than humans, and it's freaking jaguars or cheetahs or something. I'd like to see a jaguar build a society. and wreck a planet, they can't do that. We're awesome. So they'll stare at that, they've learned, this is telling you that they're staring at this. Now, it's not, this isn't right away. This isn't as they come out. This takes a couple of weeks. This takes, you know, a week. Okay? One of the things that does happen with kids, well, all of us. Is we have infantile amnesia, is what Wright called it. Um, that term's been changed to something else, and I don't care, it's a perfectly acceptable term. <laughs> so why do we have infantile amnesia? Like you can't remember anything before you're about two, right? A little, a little survey. Like, who can remember things from when, like an actual event from when you were six? Remember anything from there six? Sure, eh? What about five? Your, put your hand down if you can't remember five. Four, three, two, yeah, I got with it. And then that's, no, nobody's remembering your birth. Because if you could, you wouldn't want it. question is, though, why, I don't mean why functionally, we'll talk about that in a second, but I mean why sort of causally? What's the mechanism, or lack of mechanism, that makes it so we can't, remember that stuff. Plus maybe brain maturity. You know, babies aren't finished yet when they come out. Right? You think about it, like a dog. It comes out and it can kind of walk. Horses come out and go, oh, legs, I guess I'll run. <laughs> babies come out, they scream and just shit everywhere. Right? That's what they do. And that's what they do for a good while. They can't even, they're such losers, they can't even have tears when they cry. Then it hits about a month, and they get tears when they cry, and then you look at them and you say, you manipulative little bastard! you're just trying to make me do things, and it's working. That's called evolution again, by the way. Um, But they can't talk, right? All these great things, and it's funny, because completely on a, (laughs) when you're a parent, new parent, you get all excited. Maybe you have friends who have kids. Look, look, he smiled! And you're like, yeah, I can smile too. It's not that impressive. (laughs) Right? It's like when a kid draws a picture for the first time, and if you looked at it objectively as a piece of art, you go, "That was shit. Um, it's not very good. There's legs attached to the head. You know, it's just not. Is this figurative? Is this meant to be representational work, or is this abstract? Anyway, the brain's immature at this point, so maybe it's that. It's just tougher to learn. Maybe it's a lack of linguistic development. I am kind of skeptical. Uh, we are such linguistic animals that we, 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 when we remember things, we tend to immediately say them. But the capital of, 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 of Vietnam is Hanoi, and I didn't have to. I just know that. That's not something I have to actually say with my little voice in my head. So I'm not entirely sure about the linguistic thing, but like that's probably part of it, right? You know, you don't talk much. They, kids, when they're, you they get all excited again. He said mama. No, he's testing out a phoneme, actually. It's no fun being married to a psychologist. <laughs> hey, Dave, she said mama. Well, probably not. I'm really a party to live with. It's it's great. No, I think you're wrong. That's a lot of that. <laughs> it's amazing how you can temper those things after... You know, 30 years of marriage. Um, How we been
1: together? Really, 35 years of How's that a thing? Have I just met the best girl
0: in the world career? Really big events can be remembered. So, I have something from when I was two. I remember, well, two and a half, I remember my brother coming home from the hospital. I mean, he when he was born. It wasn't like something. He had been shot four times. Um, <laughs> He was born. So. And I have been told the story, though, so many times that it may just be me reconstructing the memory is the problem. Because I've been told that I put a, put a toy car in front of him and I said play, and he didn't play, and I looked and I said, Mom, he doesn't play. I guess I assumed that babies were all ready to go and they could play toy cars with me. So it's fun probably reconstructing it, though I'll tell you this. I remember things about our apartment in Kingston, Ontario, where we lived then. That are weird details, like things about furniture and things, and there are no pictures of that apartment that I that I can remember. So, okay, I probably remember, I there's something going on there. When we first moved to Sault Ste. Marine in 1996, we were going into the Churchill Plaza Library because there used to be a library at the Churchill Plaza. Now it's a beer store. Um, that's it's not. Now it's a weed shop. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it was. I don't know what it is now. It used to be a library, and we went in there with our daughter, and I said, "Stop!" I used to because yeah, I told you I was here as used to. and I looked at my wife. I said, on the, before we walk in, on the left there will be stairs going downstairs. The walls will be yellow." And she said, "How do you know that?" I said, "I used to come here for story time when I was two years old." So apparently that was a big event for me because we walked in and my wife went, oh, that's weird. I said, oh, it's, you think it's weird for you? <laughs> Last time I was in here, the Beatles were still a band. There was still in East Germany. Um, so, and a South Vietnam. The capital of that was Saigon. So, that, those are big events. We remember big events. We don't remember smaller events. And this is probably, it's probably functionally good that we don't remember smaller things, isn't it? Would you want to remember giants picking you up? Babies are small enough that they're, if you're interacting with a lot of babies and probably most of you haven't, a newborn baby, like my daughter, I could put her head here and her feet would hit my bicep. That's, when she born. No, not now, she's like 29. Looking. Both arms, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think she weighed about 8 pounds when she was born. And I weighed 173. That's considerably more. And then when she was born, I weighed considerably more. I weighed like 220. I stopped eating like I was 17 when I got about 38. Um, anyway, I don't want to remember that. That Imagine, it would be horrifying. These giants are picking you up. They're looking right in your face. And their heads are bigger than your whole, like, half your body. You want to remember coming out of your mom? No, you don't. That's see if the yeah no, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want to remember having shit in my pants. I don't want to remember walking, you know, going ah, and them all looking at me like, well, what's wrong with them? And I'm like, can't you tell I shit my pants? So it functionally makes a lot of sense that we can't remember. It's actually kind of a good thing. So 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 functionally, it's it's we understand why it's it makes a lot of sense. The other reasons causally maybe things like linguistic development, etc. So what can babies do, though? What you do is, is called the habituation paradigm. You just see how long they look at things. Once you, they look at something and they know it's there, they look away. They, they, they're used to it. They look away because it, it's not when things are no longer novel or interesting. They look away. Okay? We're like that too. I mean, that's something we do. So. You show a baby, you yeah, know what a baby's like? Like, like? They're like a little mobile, right? And they're laying in their, their crib. Da, 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 <laughs> playing some song that eventually, after about a week of being a new parent, you hate. Oh good, it's that goddamn song again. There's a lot of flashbacks to new parenthood, I'm just saying. And what you can do then is you can see, oh, what are they learning about? you change the colors, you change the shapes. So they can remember the stimulus attributes because if you change the blue stars into red stars, they, they, they look at them. Ah, okay, so they've, they've recognized that attribute of stimulus. They can even learn concepts. Now when I say a concept, I don't mean like justice, freedom, and dignity because babies have no dignity. Again, they poop their pants. Anybody with dignity doesn't shit themselves. I'm just saying as a rule, as a rule, babies don't have any dignity. So if you, if you can take home anything today, <laughs> you get an email from your mom or dad, what did you learn in school today? Well, my prof said babies have no dignity because they shit their pants. And then <laughs> your parent can say, what am I paying this, for this? Um, concepts like a shape and a color put together. So they've learned red triangles, but not blue triangles or green triangles, that kind of thing. So if you change from being a triangle, change it from being red, etc. So they can learn sort of these, when I say a concept, it's just taking some of these stimulus attributes, putting them together into like a multi-dimensional stimulus, if that makes sense. Okay? They can learn that. This is really young too. This is, uh, as long as they're young enough to, that they can lie there and look at a, a mobile, which is literally weeks old. They can even do instrumental conditioning. How do you do this? Again, you use a mobile. Babies like those things. So, what you do is you attach, this sounds horrible, it's really not. So, you tie a piece of string on the baby's leg or its arm, no matter what, and they're lying there underneath the mobile. You have it hooked up so that they pull the, the, the string, um, it makes the mobile. They learn very quickly, pull the string, makes them a little Okay? Um, they get better at recognizing things as they get older. It shouldn't surprise you. They show interference effects. We talked about proactive and retroactive interference. They show that with these things in these kind of paradigms. They show what's called the spacing effect. The spacing effect, is the idea that you will remember things better if you put spaces between your study i was telling you about this about studying for a test this is also true though if you're just learning a list of words or a list of shapes in your mobile um, they learn that certain cues go together so you can teach them that when the red light goes on that means the blue circle will come out and they'll learn that great and in fact this is all stuff that we all do too this is very similar to the kind of results you get with adults and, and, and rats <laughs> like everything tested in the world shows these phenomena so babies well you know you can jokingly say that they have no dignity and that uh, they're stupid if they weren't so if they were if they were smarter they'd be adults already to quote Homer Simpson um, But they're actually, babies are born with an impressive amount of cognitive standard equipment. We just don't typically think about it because we're freaked out about the fact that we have a baby. It's one of those things you take a step back after about a year and go, how, what, huh? But it talks now. Not much. But remember when it couldn't even cry properly? It's really pretty amazing the amount of development that goes on in a human being. Like it, it's cognitively, it's, it's astounding.
1: Hmm.
0: Not to mention the physical part, the fact that, you know, they stop looking, newborn babies are ugly as hell. <laughs> they really are. They look like Winston Churchill. Um, <laughs> they really do. I used to look at my son and go, <laughs> Churchill clothes. Um, but you know, you get a couple weeks in, they're cute <laughs> as hell. But they have giant heads, babies have giant heads, I've mentioned this before, if, you know, if, if their heads were as wide as their shoulders, they have to have snaps on the side of their shirts to let their heads through. No one here needs head snaps on the side of their shirt. <laughs> I got the, I had the second, I bet I had the biggest head for body size in this class because I had the second biggest head on my high school football team. I knew this because we had helmets and they had to have a size. And, my helmet was the second biggest one, besides the guy whose nickname was Big Head. Um, <laughs> which, I'm uh, so telling you the truth. Uh, and, but still, you know, he's oh, snaps. Babies are like aliens, right? They, they're, they're, they have giant heads. Um, they don't understand our culture, but one day they will take over. They wear unicolored jumpsuits like aliens do on TV shows and movies. I'm pretty sure that they're just aliens. And then they become these people and it's just it's mind-boggling it's the coolest thing so let's get a little older let's talk about now we're talking about kids we can now talk to them so two bad yeah, two three four-year-olds so we're talking verbal kids so yeah probably three four years old um you can teach older kids a new task by just telling it to them and they can remember it, which is something you can't do with any other level. Um, building something's a great thing. The nice thing with building something is you can tell them how to build it, and then, or they can watch a video. They like can do all kinds of things. Um, and then you can watch how they learn as they go along and look at a beautiful learning curve. It's, it, this is a pretty standard thing. A lot of us do learning through imitation, don't we, right? Or just by watching there are whole television channels that are devoted to nothing else. youtube channels that are devoted to nothing else but cooking i watch cooking channels as i work out which is strange probably but i do Uh, and i learn how to cook certain things and i haven't cooked them you know sometimes i have to pause it as i'm going i'm working out i don't just make weird noises when i watch video (laughs) Anyway, maybe I do, but I don't know that. So you teach a kid that and they can remember it. Um, We can then test their retention. So, what you do is you bring them into the lab, you say, Okay, this is how this game works. Um, I want you to build a tower. And then they come back the next week and they build it more quickly the second time. So, we can test retention. It's exactly what we would do with a list of words. And kids can go from simple things to complex things. So, you can. Now, I don't know how many of you, again, hang out with three or four year olds, but you'd be amazed at what a three or four year old can make with, like, Lego. They can also leave them on the floor and you step on in the middle of the night and hate your children. But it's <laughs> an entirely different thing. It's when you yell things like, Why didn't we have kids? Um, and you realize it's past your genes on, so everything's fine. But it's cool that they can then spontaneously learn these things and remember how to do them. So, humans are pretty special. The regular effects show up here. What I mean by that? I mean interference, I mean savings, I mean classic forgetting curve. Like all the things that Ebbinghaus found with constant about constant triagrams show up with kids building Lego towers. Like it's, it's exactly the same. And it that shouldn't surprise you at all because they're living beings. so and every living being whose memory has ever been tested shows those phenomena. So it's not surprising, but part of it kind of is, because it's like, oh, I didn't realize memory would be the same for building a Lego tower as it is for a list of constant unconstant trigrams or facts about HM. So here's an example, and some of you have heard about this in 2606. I talked a little bit about this. I mentioned this just briefly before that people who study animal cognition people who study you know little kid cognition have a lot in common and in fact when i go to a conference of comparative cognition every april in florida uh which i don't want to do everybody's like oh you get to go to florida in april i go look at me i just get sunburned i don't want to go to florida it's like the last place on earth i want to go there's like one place less i want to go and that like that's ukraine once the wars are going to ukraine real faint those folks so what happens here is the animal cognition types like me and we talk to human cognition types usually it's the babies and they're they are the toddlers we're both dealing with subjects who don't have no way of directly telling you what they've learned they have to tell you through their behavior um, so this there's a lot of work on toddler spatial memory and um, this is based on ken chang's work with rats and i'll quickly explain ken's stuff This is such a big deal, this rat paper, that it's mentioned, I should look up how many times that thing's been cited. I've been in paper sessions where everyone starts out with exactly the same slide, and it looks like this, um, because everyone just takes this. It's a pretty simple experiment. What Ken did is he has rats, and what they do is there's a uh, piece of food, so it's a cocoa puff, because, Chocolate and sugar are rats, like two favorite things and there's no better place to find them than a child's breakfast cereal. So you got a, an arena about that big. So it's about hmm, 80 centimeters by 30, I think, or 40. It's a rectangle. And it's got sawdust on the ground. There's a berry cocoa puff. Rats get very quick uh, at learning where the cocoa puff is. They can't smell it. People think that other animals all do everything by smell. No. Um, some do, but I mean, rats will do things by using these, these cues. And what they're using is they're using geometric cues. You can see at the top left is where the Cocoa Puff is buried. 71% of the searches are there. And then 21% of the searches are down here. It's geometrically the same, right? Because it's short side on the left, long side on the right. You see that, how it's geometrically exactly the same? And then, I can't even apply to, uh, features to the walls of the, ba- of, of the arena. So there's all these different, that's why these are different colors, there's different things in the corners. He even tried, he put peppermint oil in one corner because what about the smell? So he tried peppermint, then they didn't pay attention at all. They pay attention to the geometry of the arena. So then we call those rotational errors. So the rats are responding to the geometry of the box. Okay, does that make sense? I should go back one, because I ended that slide too quickly. So, (coughs) excuse me. I don't have code those was coffee. I've had five of the shots. I'll get them every day if I have to. I kind of like it. It's like I'm collecting them. family like I'm getting hockey cards. <laughs> no, she says, you know, this was last last Friday. Which one do you want? I said, well, uh, I think I've got most of them. But if you got one I haven't had, I'll take that one because I'm trying to collect them all, like a Pokemon if I catch them all. Okay, so questions about this, they're using geometry <coughs> in the box. So this is interesting, It's but it's rats. Who cares about rats? Well, I do, most of you don't. Also, Ken Cheng is getting the research award from the Comparative Cognition Society in April at a conference I'll be at, and he's, at the end of his presentation, he's apparently going to sing a song, because Ken's a little bit, let's go with different, um, and I'm going to be one of the background singers, which is fascinating, because I'm a horrible singer, and I don't know what the song is. But I'll be pretty drunk, so it should be good. Um, So what happened is people were like, well, this sounds like a pretty, this should be pretty a general phenomenon, this geometric thing. So Herman and Spelke, this is going back quite a while still, uh, they took the Chang task and did it with toddlers and adults. So what they did is they took people and they brought them into a white room, right? So it was rectangular and they put, uh, and they had them search for one of the, into one of the corners. Okay? And then, They would say there's the thing with the kids little three-year-olds it was a teddy bear with the adults it was there like you know you don't have to say go find the teddy bear and then they disoriented the subjects they disoriented the adults by smitting for 30 seconds they spun them right round right round like a record baby round 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 and of course they were in a white room with a black curtain was a song Nope. no i don't think so okay So, they disorient them, and then they go look for it. You know how you disorient a three-year-old? You talk to them for 30 seconds. (laughs) Just talk to them. So, how are you? What would you do today? And kids, you know, they make things up. Well, I went to the moon. Oh, cool. How'd you get there? "Eh, Car. You know, kids are great. They'll say things with complete confidence, too, eh? When they lie to you. It's, It's funny. It's funny until it's your kid lying to you. It's like no, you didn't. My favorite one. Who drew that? Who? who? Did, did you? I mean, of course you know it's them, because it's right at their level, and they've drawn on the, on the on the wall with a purple crayon. They're holding the purple crayon. Did you do that? No. <laughs> it's like no, you did do it. You're supposed to now admit to it, so I don't get more angry. Um, no, I didn't do it. <laughs> Why are you holding the purple crayon? Strong! <laughs> on the wall. No paper oh well then you're fine case dismissed um it's best when they start to learn how to lie and they say things like oh uh the dog did it you're like the dog can't drop well you did here (laughs) (laughs) and then you're like well kid speak to your lawyer uh so they had a queue sometimes in the corner so they painted uh one wall was uh it was black or was it blue it was blue um, so you can see the data here. Sometimes there's a cue. That's the wall being a different color. Sometimes it's not. You can see the toddlers. Doesn't matter if there's a cue or not. With the adults, if there's a cue, they follow the cue. So that's the difference between toddlers and adults. Is the toddler will ignore the cue. You, you know, you wouldn't, right? If, if I said that corner, and that corner, and that wall was blue, you'd go, yeah, okay. That. Ooh, this is a hard one. you wouldn't make any mistakes and you can see that very few of the adults did but i mean some any mistakes that were made though were what were rotational errors no reflection errors. cool so toddlers are are not unlike rats in this situation Um, adults were different they followed on cue Uh, this was this was also uh, found uh, by a student of mine andrea pike in 2001 so in a similar situation you can actually make Adults, not use a cube, but you have to really disorient them. If instead of using a room, you use a stimulus on a screen and you have it spinning, and we spun it at 480 revolutions per minute, that made, then you make mistakes. But typically they don't. All right. Okay. Now it's going to get depressing because now it's all downhill. Um, I have a mind like a steel trap that's getting really rusty. So when you hit, you hit your 70s, which I'm 13 years away from, happily, getting closer every goddamn day, unfortunately, that's how the universe works. Here's what I found. Oh, good, thanks, Siri. You <laughs> stupid piece of junk. Now it's good. It gets that's mad. Not nice. That not Just say it wasn't nice. Can you see this, Siri? Um, don't talk to me. Okay. <laughs> I always imagine, like, you know, no, good. It's all closed up. I always have this idea that one, you know, the president of the university is walking by as I'm talking and I'm giving the finger to my iPad. Uh, <laughs> so there's general cognitive slowing, almost certainly. We're not entirely sure, but probably, which accounts for some of the general sort of semantic memory problems that older adults have. Here, we're talking, you know, just generally. Episodic memory declines too, but doesn't declines quickly, which explains one of the things that will happen. Your grandparents, great-grandparents, perhaps, may not remember that they did a thing, whatever that thing is, yesterday, but don't remember 1956, no problem, they can tell you all about it. You should listen to those stories. They're really important and you should, you'll should you cherish them when they're done. So the episodic memory declines not as quickly as Samantha. You can tell if I've declined, if, you, you know, if it's a long time from now, all you have to say is, what's the capital of Vietnam? And if I don't look at you, go, Hanoi, there's some kind of problem. <laughs> this could be due to encoding. And there's a lot of work here from Simon, and I'm going to go over one of his experiments uh, in a sec here. But it may be that older people aren't encoding things efficiently, as efficiently as we are. You're saying, Dave, you're older. No, I'm talking about older, like your grandparents. So not like fifties, forties. I'm talking seventies, eighties. So this is what Simon did, 1979. Pretty old experiment. It's a classic. It's got three groups: young, middle-aged, and old. Learning 20 words. Young would be people your age. Middle-aged is people around my age. Old is people like your grandparents' age. Okay. So here's the here's an example or a sample stimulus. The farmer drove the truck, and the truck is underlined, and they're told, you're going to try to, we're gonna ask you what the underlined word is. We're gonna ask you the underlined word. And they had free recall, or cute recall. Free recall is now, please recall the underlined words. Cute recall was, the farmer drove the, so let's look at the results. Older people don't use cues. So you take a look at these results here. So, young people, that's a, a touch older than people in this frame. This is a little younger than me. In this case, that's closer to me. Okay. So, free recall, cube recall. Everybody's better at cube recall. Oh, except for the really old people. The cues don't help at all. Look at that. The cues don't help at all 25 and 25%. Middle-aged people, no problem. They aren't, they, they, they're not as good it's as younger cool. people, but they're still, they think they, they, they remember the cute things better than the free things. Wild, right? They aren't encoding properly. It's not quite as simple as that. So let's look at this experiment And this is an experiment, Cherry et al., not Don Cherry, because there's nothing in here about racism. Um, Or old-time hockey, but mostly racism. So let's look at this. Two conditions, same kind of experiment, same kind of idea. So there's a list of words you're supposed to remember, but you're given a cue. But sometimes the cue is explanatory, and sometimes it's not explanatory. Sorry, a non explanatory cue is this. The man picked up the cheese, cheese is the word you're supposed to remember, and grimaced. It doesn't help you at all, right? The idea of grimacing while you're touching the cheese is a little odd. Nobody goes, touch the cheese. Now, if, I, if, if the sentence is this the old man put the cheese in the mouse trap and grimaced. There is there, because if you ever set a mouse trap, it's like, you've got to do that, you've got to set
1: it, you got
0: to force it Oh, now, now it actually has some context. So you can have cues that are perfectly fine cues, but they don't actually explain anything, or they can be explanatory. And then we have base and foe, and base and just means, is it, um, is it just the word, cheese, or is it does it have the whole explanation? So take a look at this. Young people based in full base, that's fine. Of course, they're getting better when they get the cue the and much better when the cue is explanatory. Not much, uh, non-explanatory doesn't help a great deal. It goes up, sure, but look what it does here. It goes up six times with old people. Old people are paying attention to cues when the cues make sense. They still aren't as good As young people, that shouldn't surprise us. But they are not as bad. The difference is in as stark when they're given appropriate cues. This should tell you something. When you are explaining something to your grandmother who just got a new phone, there is no need to tell her about the features of her phone. If she asks, that's one thing. but she she gets her new phone and she's got it like this, she's like, I'm having some trouble with this thing. The worst thing you can do is go, well, that's the I-14, that's got the M2 chip in it, right? No, she doesn't care. That's useless to her. Tell her that after you say, this is how you open it, this is how you do this. Don't give her useless information. Give her useful information, she'll remember. Right? And I think we've all had that experience explaining something weird that wasn't around even 20 years ago. I remember watching someone learn how to use an ATM. What ATMs were, for? The first game, a And that's what it was And a teller at the bank would explain the machine and then they would hit the person. And this poor old woman in front of me was trying to use her. Bank card, she never used a bank card before, and she looked at me in the line and she said, You know the, what, what this means? And I said, Well, that's your PIN. You're supposed to put your number She said, Well, I don't know my, my number. Do you know it? I said, Well, no, I don't. You don't want me knowing your number because I can take all your money. And she said, Well, how do I know that? I said, well, you must have put it in with the person who had set up your card. She said, I don't remember doing that. I so said, Just go up and ask. That's, that's all it is. And I'm sure what happened in that case, because this woman was clearly competent. But the woman was probably going on and on. We were explaining it to her about things that don't matter. Tell people that, you know, when you talk to your to older people, I'm not saying talk down to them, don't do that, that's really shitty. But you could not include all the useless information that we all do all the time. Maybe, maybe I could take some cues from that, I'm not just telling stupid stories all the time in my class. Nope, that's not happening. I'm going to keep doing that. <laughs> so the idea here is that maybe older people are more susceptible to interference so it's called the inhibition deficit hypothesis the idea here is they can't not encode irrelevant information because they tend to encode irrelevant information so again telling your grandparents things about how their new TV works. Telling my mom how to get to Netflix. Which took my brother a long time for my mom finally. Or my dad, my dad, when my dad was alive, well, well yeah, obviously, because he doesn't remember anything anymore. He's dead. Um, it was always the same. I like, did you use my computer? Yeah, I did, I had to check my email. You moved a bunch of icons. I said, "Yeah, I know. That really doesn't affect the working of the computer." Your desktop looked like a pigsty. I cleaned it up. Well, it doesn't work anymore. You screwed up everything. I said, "Well, no, that's not true." But fine. Dad, those some of you seem to have had those discussions with your parents. What have you done to my computer? Literally nothing. Old people are the worst. All the bad as babies. Kidding. Older people takes takes them longer to read things. Read a passage. Um, they're more easily distracted when using distractor tasks. So you distract people, it works really well with older people. It's like they can't not be have their memories interfered with. Basically, they have sustained activity of irrelevant material. Think back again to any interactions you've had, say, with your grandparents when you're telling them about certain things. Usually, again, it's something new that you're trying to explain to them. They're remembering unimportant things. Kind of like how little kids, why did I remember the color of the wall in the library? Who cares what color the wall is? I think the content of the stories that people were reading was probably more important. But no, I don't remember that. I remember the walls are yellow. A cat's breath smells like cat food, right? I mean, you remember things like that. You don't remember your cat's name. I don't know why Ralph Wiggum there, by the way. So it's probably a combination of problems with addition and just overall cognitive slow. So what I did is I went I took an old textbook that I used to use for this course, but Never liked it. But I thought, let's see if we can find a list of things that are affected by aging. <laughs> Lots! Some of the things we got. Just, oh, I don't know. Songs on TV programs they've watched. The beauty now is you just, you know, you got your iPad out, and you just pull up or your phone, and you just pull up uh, IMDB. That's, that's beautiful where every single thing says trivia. Sylvester Stallone was considered for this, act, this, this, this role. It says that in like half the entries of it. What else do we have here? Uh, land of museums they've visited. What kind of science is that? That's weird, right? Fewer flashbulb memories. Cool, we'll talk about flashbulb memories next week. And there are these memories that seem super accurate about shared cultural that? What I like here, no difference. Implicit memory tasks. Oh, that's great. Ha ha! Implicit memory doesn't decline. Very nice. Meta memory doesn't decline. Meta memory is knowing what you know. So if I was to ask you, do you know what the capital of, I'm not going to use Vietnam because you should all know that one by now. you know what the capital of Greece is? Don't say it a lot. Okay. Is there anybody here who doesn't know it, but if I said it, like, but they know if I said it, you would know. You would go yes or no? Do you feel like that? Usually it's capitals of countries that are using these experiments. Okay, or a capital of, I don't know, it's, uh, Afghanistan, you know that one? That's another one, because it's in the news now and then, or the capital of Ukraine It's in the news. Right, so. What's done in these meta-memory experiments is you ask people, how confident are you that you could figure out the answer if I gave you multiple choice? And people are really good at this, right? It's just like when you look at a question of multiple choice test. Sometimes you look at it and go, well, I don't know the answer cold, but I'll be able to get this from the four alternatives. Oh, it's that one. Two of the above, three of the above, four of the above, but none of the below. <laughs> I had a test like that once. Uh, I can't what the course was? Even. It was with A to K possible alternatives. I'm like three of the above, two of the below. And you could Jesus! What the? Just haven't read an essay. You got to do some kind of weird mental juggling. And I know this stuff. But people are pretty good at that. By the way, the capital of Afghanistan is Kabul, and the capital of Greece is Athens. See, i heard a couple of you say that but you didn't know it offhand, right? right well, when i say it, it's like, yeah, I that you can't sign it. yeah right that's that, that that's what typically what happens typically what happens so some things oh look age advantages there's some it's a smaller section vocabulary scores of course you learn more words as you get older you learn a lot more about verisimilitude which didn't make any sense there but i thought i'd just pick up a long word neuroendocrinology, so that makes sense because crystallized knowledge like that it's going to last longer remote memories from childhood again talk to your grandparents and you really should do this anyway and record them because you're not going to have it forever and they lived in a different time and it's kind of cool to hear about it. even if it's different time. See, for my grandparents, a different time for me was like World War II, and for you, it's like the 1960s. But still, your grandfather and I went to Woodstock and took a lot of acid. You know, like, these, these, these stories are great. You should hear them. But they'll remember those things better than you remember memories from your own childhood. Pretty cool. Anticipation of expert typists, athletes, and professionals. So you actually get better at doing your job as you get know. older. You may not be as good physically at it, but you're better at the mental parts of it. So there's that old expression, work hard, work hard, don't work hard, work smart. Um, that gets way easier when you know how to do your job. Just think about this in school. Compare now to first year. You don't have to study as much as you did in first year, right? You really don't. The material is harder. You just don't have to study as much because you know how to go to school. I always advise students when I go, what should I take as an elective? Take a first year course, they're great. They're easy, all of them. Because you've been in school for a while. There's nothing better than the first day of a first year class and everybody's sitting there and they're all a little nervous and then you're in like third or fourth year and they're handing out the course syllabus. Everybody's looking at it going like, what is this, what is this? What do you mean we have? And the prof says, so uh, in three weeks, you have 1,500-word paper, paper due, and everybody goes oh. And you go, well, you want it now? Because I can go write it. <laughs> 1,500 was six pages. I could knock that out in 40 minutes. Right? You just get better at it. So some things you actually do get better, uh, cognitive things, but generally it's downhill, which surprises me. Like I said, I thought this was go quickly. Right some conclusions. You can always tell when I think I'm going, it's going to go on quickly when I'm not wearing my running shoes. I'm ready to go to the bus. So the development that happens, with, that happens with kids, cognitive development is mind-boggling. Like, it's amazing. And many of you will experience this, or some of you probably have already. It's weird when you step back. It's, at the time, it's like, yeah, fine, kids get older and they learn things. But when you look, oh my God. It goes between that and I can't believe I can make my own people. That's when you realize, I don't need to make new friends, I can build my own people. <laughs> just... I'm not, making, I'm not gonna make friends, it takes, just, it takes nine months to make a human, it takes nine months to make friends with somebody. The difference is your friends hopefully don't shit their pants all the time. So, functionally it's sensible we don't have too many episodic every a little. Cause that's stuff you don't wanna remember. Like just it's functionally sensible. Um, there is decline, but the in, Pact of that decline can be helped with coping skills. And that's coping skills on behalf of the person who's trying to cope through things that are causing of the decline. But it's also of people giving them knowledge, giving them teaching them things. It's really important that you remember that older people aren't stupid. It's just that, they, that their cognitive systems work a little differently than yours do, and they're not as good at filtering out irrelevant information. So when you teach people stuff who are older, you know, again, like teaching your grandparents how to use a universal remote or something. Leave out the irrelevant information. Just leave out the irrelevant irre- information. Um, it, it, it works wonders. It works wonders. And ever since i figured that I learned this stuff, um, I find it a lot easier to say, for example, explain to my mom how to do certain things. My mom's pretty savvy, but, you know, she's 77 years old. She's 77? Oh, my God. She's 70... No, she'll be 76 this year, is that right? Why would you know? <laughs> she'll be 77 on Friday. Yeah, that's right, because she was 19 when I was born. So, you know, it's it's if you keep that in mind, uh, it's pretty cool, and also to talk to your grandparents and record their, kind of those conversations, are pretty cool. Any comments, questions, criticisms, kudos think the hard case ever? Okay, go home. Oh, I got one, that's
1: right. Don't go home, what's up? Yeah. so when you get older, yeah. you're, your
0: memories of your childhood get better. So I well yeah, I, but I think that's probably because there's less stuff interfering because the other stuff isn't being encoded as well. Oh. That's my guess. So, guess. so if I forget something now about my childhood, will I remember it in six years?
1: You
0: might. Not yeah, because it is it, easier to retrieve it because there's not enough so much stuff in the way.
1: Yeah.
0: Anything else? Okay, now you go. See you guys.
1: Thank you. Without a warning, Friday night is when I fly and